Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard. And we want to get right into NFL preseason, lest I say exhibition football. And we want to focus today on the NFC East. Well, it's a pleasure to be back with you guys. Um, you know, football season is right around the corner. It's a it's really the dog days of summer. Um, U.S. Open's getting started in Flushing Meadows. Uh, tomorrow will be the second, or Tuesday, I should say. Today will be the second day of the U.S. Open. So uh, that's always a great tournament that they have down in uh, Queens, New York. So um, very exciting time here. And also college football gets started. You have um, Texas A&M opening up against Rice. Um, you have Nebraska, and you have the Big Ten opening up. So next weekend will be great to digest some football. And, of course, on week one, you get some tremendous out-of-conference games. I can't wait to see the matchup of Clemson and Georgia and also the border war North Carolina and South Carolina um, in Columbia will be a great matchup. So I can't wait for college football. But uh, right now, we should talk some pro ball because uh, unlike college football, we actually have some games and some footage right now. We sure do. We uh, just came back from week three. The Eagles went on the road to the Jacksonville Jags. And this is just after Michael Vick has been anointed the starting quarterback for the year. Inconsistent in the first half. Sacked it. Threw a bad interception off his back foot. And the starting offense just didn't look that good. Nick Foles came back in the second half, and they actually won and beat the lowly Jags. <laughs> what an exhilarating finish that was. Yeah, not that anybody <laughs> saw it. I actually uh, I was more concerned about uh, whether my creme brulee was going <laughs> to taste okay than whether the Eagles were going to win the game. So t- let's talk about the Eagles quarterback situation. Yeah, or or whether the souffle was going to cook through. Right? Yeah, I made sure I ordered the souffle 10 minutes in advance. <laughs> All right, well, that makes me laugh. But right now we're going to get back to the show um, to, to talk about some Eagles ball. You know, Mike, the Jaguars did a lot of interesting things. They uh, the, ja- the Jaguars really um, – they, they stuck eight in the box, 
and they they played a zone versus the Eagles, forcing Vic to throw. And with the Chip Kelly offense, um, Chip Kelly says, and and you know this too, that um, that they don't call plays; they react to what Jacksonville they react to what the defense shows. So. The, so Michael Vick was forced to throw the ball a lot more because Chip Kelly does not call plays. And my question for you, Dad, is in that offense, I really saw it was very similar to to what Michael Vick looked like under Andy Reid. It looked like pretty much the same offense. Inconsistencies and interception off his back foot. But we also saw the offensive line give him a lot of um, time. And he also had an 86% quarterback rating and a 65% completion rating. He went 15 for 23 and hit Brent Selleck, who had four receptions, and Riley Cooper. Um, and, and then he uh, he threw um, a touchdown, and uh, he... He definitely he definitely looked like he was throwing the ball a lot, and Gus Bradley really figured him out. My question to you, though, Dad, again, is that what what are you confident in Michael Vick if defenses are going to dare him to throw the football? Well, I don't mean to uh, not answer the question, but I almost want to throw it back to you as another question. Sure. Let's look at Vick's history. In 2010, he had a great year. You recall that one Monday night game against Washington where he scored like 35 points in the first half. It was amazing. However, the last two years, 2011, 2012, Vic has been poor. He's be, his performance has been characterized by holding the ball too long, fumbling it, throwing interceptions, and for some reason nobody taught Vic how to slide. One thing about Dennis Dixon, if you saw him, he gets a little bit of airtime, a little bit of burn. Dennis Dixon, you know, played for the Ducks, and he's a big boy, and he could slide, man. He sees a linebacker coming his way to the open yeah, field. Yeah. I don't know why Vic just can't, he just can't slide. I don't know if it's a, if it's a mental block or how, how could a guy so athletic not learn how to slide? Well, I, I well, that's a just. Um, I, I believe it's two things. One, it's competition. Vic wants to get every chunk of yard he can, and also it's respect to fight for the extra yard. And sometimes the defender will will talk smack to you on the field if you duck out of bounds. I've gotten that from my friends a couple of times when I try to protect myself in in pee wee football or whatever. Um, also, Michael Vick is known as as a baseball player. He's a tremendous athlete, and he was known as a huge baseball prospect. In fact, when he was at Virginia. Tech, he had offers on the table. So that, and guess what? Um, Michael Vick's um, baseball coach always said that he 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 actually um, he actually slid head first every time, which is which is interesting. And you can connect the dots to why. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, because he yes, he always slides head first. Now it is interesting, and let, now let's take a broader view of the NFC East. I'm looking at the Eagles. I see a team very thin at cornerback. In fact, I don't see one even average cornerback on their team. They just lost another one. They've had three injuries. And Chip Kelly, who's remarkably, I guess, open compared to Andy Reid, I guess anybody would be, basically when they asked him, is cornerback a problem, he just said yes. So that's unusual. We're not used to hearing that type of honesty. And... uh one of the best questions, because they, they had to cut their team down from 90 to 75. And cutdowns are difficult. And this is the first time Chip Kelly has had to do it. And they said, um, how often did you have to cut down in college? 
And he answered, this was the last answer in his press conference. He just said, never. So that's kind of an interesting point. He could recruit, he could have 100 people on the Ducks, and he never had to cut anybody because they're all college students. I thought, I thought that was an interesting, honest answer. Yeah, and no feelings were hurt in that process either, and that definitely helped the morale of the team. But when you're friends, especially for rookies, if you happen to have a close connection with somebody on the team and your psyche can really be damaged a little bit, if they happen to get cut, you could definitely be lonely and uh, not have that sense of security when your buddy was out there playing with you, especially for these young guys. Um, But what I was going to say about the Eagles is that um, a huge developing problem is also their linebacking core. They have Trent Cole playing linebacker, Brandon Graham dropping back, and these are just not their natural positions. And when running backs are getting into the second level, we've had three rushers go for over 50-plus yards in the preseason. That's just something you cannot do. You know, you saw Bryce Brown fumble the ball. You saw Michael Vick throw an interception off his back foot. There are still Achilles heels to this team, which will prevent them from, from winning games because you really have to value the football in this league. You have to dominate. You have to um, win the field um, percentage game, the field position game. And a lot of times the Eagles are on the other side of the coin with that. And that's just something that a losing culture just needs to figure out. And they just need to cut down on their mistakes, and it's easier said than done. But their defense is going to be a huge problem because their linebacking cores, weak tacklers, and as you said, they're safe. Their cornerbacks are are not as um, are, are really just not a lot of depth at that position. Um, but their offense is really going to need to carry them. And in fact, even though um, the Michael Vick was off and on um, in his game. On Saturday, the Eagles still managed to put up 16 points in the first half, which uh, which really isn't poor at all. I'd say that Chip Kelly and his offense, with how much pressure it is, this offense has really been performing. And it's interesting because even Deshaun Jackson came out and said Saturday that they ran a lot of passing plays, that the offense was still very vanilla, so that the Redskins and their future uh, regular season opponents wouldn't get any hints off the preseason. So you also have to take that into account. Yeah, I agree with you. It's almost the opposite of Andy Reid. Andy Reid wouldn't you know, show you too many exciting passes in preseason. It was all running because he didn't want to give away the passing offense. I think Chip Kelly has a lot. There's a lot of rabbits under his hat. And there's going to be some really exciting formations. I think being an NFL football fan, whether or not you're an Eagles fan, you're going to want to see whether Chip Kelly could run 90 plays a game. Nobody's ever done that before. And whether his team could wear out the defense, and also whether it blows up in his face. If he just goes three and out real quickly and the other team holds the ball, he could, he could really ground down, grind down the, uh, the Eagles' defense. Well, this segment sure went by quickly. This is the first segment of Bruce the Sports Talk. On the next, on the next segment, we're going to continue with NFL analysis. We're going to look at two teams in dire need of quarterback play, and they happen to play in the same division, the AFC East. We're talking about Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. I also want to flip back to the NFC East, and I want to hear predictions for the NFC East. Who's going to win a playoff spot? So hope you guys are interested in NFL in the summertime. We prefer that to baseball, frankly. And stay tuned 
We'll be back in three minutes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a neurologist and sports doctor. We have offices in Philadelphia and Delaware. Just go on our website, pull out our number, and you too could get a consultation for headaches, concussion, pain, you name it. We are there to help you. Well, we're going to get right back to it. We're talking about NFL preseason action. Two teams, dire need of a quarterback. Let's start. With the New York Jets. We'll call them the Tebow list Jets. And let's break down their quarterback play. All right. We don't have Tim Tebow. Now we don't have the butt fumble on the. Now the butt fumble is uh, is injured. Mark Sanchez, um, since we're making a little bit of humor jokes. Well, in all seriousness, Mark Sanchez led the, led the Jets to a couple successful seasons. And out of the quarterbacks on the roster, he would be slated in to start. But he happens to have a shoulder injury. And Geno Smith really didn't look polished in his debut as he threw three interceptions in his preseason debut as a starting quarterback so Gino is really the next in line to take the job but now with his three interceptions in in the preseason I don't know if he's really ready to lead this team and I look at there's one guy out there that is a proven winner he didn't lose a game since he was in eighth grade and not many people might be familiar with this name because he got overshadowed a lot by the by the talent around him in Tuscaloosa and that's number 14 G Mac Greg McElroy and this guy is a third-year quarterback. He looked great in the Lions game where he played a, 
um, pun, I guess, intended, a lion's share of quarterbacking during that game. And, uh, you know what, McElroy was stretching the ball down the field. And, uh, you know, last year he looked a, a very tentative when he got in the game. I mean, Rex really held him on a leash. And then the preseason game, you kind of saw the progression he's made with his arm strength as he was throwing the ball. The intermediate throws were really on target. He was throwing the ball 20 yards down seams. And in the games last year, he was dumping it to McKnight. Um and dumping it to the running backs more on check down. So I liked what McElroy did. He's he's one of the smartest guys you'll find. He's a 4A guy, um, just a high achiever. And I think it will be interesting to see McElroy. He can at least manage the game. And for the Jets, I think that that um, is definitely a valuable, a valuable option. I would at least go with him for three weeks. Just give him, just give him time because he's really earned the right here with the Jets to deserve a chance to start. Um, by the way he's prepared and the way he's hung on to the way he's taken his job seriously. Then I look at the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, and they have EJ Manuel and Kevin Cobb. Um, EJ Manuel, he's still healthy, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Because I think EJ Manuel, if healthy, um, should definitely start because that's really the quarterback of the future in Buffalo. Well, you guys have been waiting for the sports medicine part of the show. We thought we'd sneak it in right now, <laughs> responding to that question. Number one, uh, EJ Manuel had what they call a minor knee procedure. But in the NFL, they're allowed to be a little bit secretive. So we don't know really what does that mean. Was it just a scope? Well, I'm sure it was a scope rather than an open knee procedure. But maybe he had some debris. He might have had some loose bodies. He might have had a cartilage that needed to be smoothed out. But they're saying that E.J. Manuel had a um, you know minor procedure, but apparently he's going to be out at least a week or two. So he's not going to be eligible to play. And with respect to Kevin Cobb, very serious problem. We deal with concussions all the time on the show. It's one of our hallmark uh, features. And we saw the other night London Fletcher. It was not an intentional move. But uh, Cobb was diving forward, and, and, and there was a contact between London Fletcher's knee and Cobb. And Cobb was concussed. He actually read three more plays but then developed symptoms of concussion. And we, we scoured the, uh, the wire the next day, and we read by a number of accounts, a number of sources, that this is a serious concussion for Kevin Cobb. Some people even call it career-threatening. Th career now, one thing you know about Bruce the Sports Doc, if I don't have the first-hand information, I'm not going to propagate rumors. But we can suffice it to say Cobb's going to be out for an extended period of time Manuel's out for what appears to be a routine cleaning. So it looks like you're going to get your chance in the fourth preseason game. We imagine McElroy will be playing, the as you would say, the lion's share. But I, I have to be frank. I don't even know who the, the fourth quarterback is in the Buffalo Bills. That would be a great trivia question. Whoever it is, I don't even think the parents of the guy know who he is. So we look at the Jets and we look at the Bills, two teams with a glaring need for a starting quarterback. Then we're right here at Philly. We have quarterback one and one A, and the question is, will the Eagles explore a trade with either of those two teams? Will they trade Nick Foles? Will they? That will allow Matt Barkley to become the heir apparent backup for Michael Vick. That's an interesting question. One thing about the Eagles and Howie Roseman, 
they don't tip their hand. You never know what's going to happen. And it would be nice for the Eagles, who are very thin at cornerback and linebacker, to see if they could make a trade for a defensive player. I, I personally, as an Eagles fan, and there's no, no doubt that's I am, there's no need to be objective here on Bruce the Sports Doc. Uh, I would like to see that. I'd like, it's my show, so I'd, I, I would certainly like to see that trade. I think it would be favorable for the Eagles, although I think Nick Foles would be a very good, viable starting quarterback in the league, possibly better off in a offense not run by one Chip Kelly. I, I I actually believe that, that McElroy has just as much potential as Foles, just because McElroy, I think, is a better team leader. He's better vocal. Uh, I think he's very intelligent. So I look at McElroy um, and, and Foles, and both of them might be average-tier quarterbacks because I don't really think Foles has, has game-changing arm strength. Um, and I also don't think he has a great – like. Um, mind for the game that you really need at this level. I think he still needs to to read progressions faster. Um, So I look at McElroy in New York, but looking at these two quarterback situations, in the long term, the Jets drafted Geno Smith. He he threw three interceptions in, in, in a preseason game. That's your, that's your second round draft pick out of West Virginia, Geno Smith. I mean, that says a lot about that draft pick. If you're not even going to start the kid, Geno Smith, you drafted him to be your quarterback of the future, and now you're having doubts about him already. He's already off to a very, very rocky start. And in Buffalo, Manuel has performed well. He had a really nice drive versus the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, even though he can't, his arm strength still looks definitely questionable, Manuel is very tall and athletically gifted. He can see over the defense, and he just really looks phys- – physically, he jumps off the board. Um, during the next couple of years, he really looks like he honestly guides the ball instead of really snaps it decisively, and that's something that I see a lot of rookies do, and that's still something that Kevin Cobb really – has definitely mastered the art of guiding the ball, especially on his five-yard rollouts to the fullback. He's the master of doing that uneventful three-yard completion, racking up his 80% completion rate for 105 yards. But anyway, there's a young quarterback out of the University of Tennessee, and I'm not saying this because I am a huge volunteer fan or I know the kid that was born in California, but Tyler Bray, a former Elite 11 quarterback, is a six foot seven stud out of the University of Tennessee. And even though he struggled during the back half of his year, and even though he had Cordell and he had Hunter, his two weapons, in Tennessee, the guy still has unbelievable upside. He, he could throw the long ball as good as anybody in this league right now. And he and just because he took a couple of games off with focus in a tough SEC grueling schedule, I'd still enjoy to see Tyler Bray have a chance to compete for a starting job because I think he is a hidden gem in this league. And in Kansas City, if they savor him 
for the future, I think he could be special. But Tyler Bray has intangibles, not only his height, but his long ball throwing ability. The kid out of University of Tennessee watches highlight tape. You, the truth is in the tape. And, Dad, speaking of this, this reminds me of another topic. One thing about talking and doing radio is that when you're thinking about something, your mind is able to wander onto what you have viewed this week. And I just want to hear your opinion on the Elite 11 quarterback show and how motivational it is for young kids to watch and for maybe some adults to watch the Elite 11. Well, uh, our guy Trent Dilfer, who uh, is very charismatic, very inspirational, Super Bowl winner. Back in the day, many of us didn't know about his personality, didn't know about his life story. Very tragic loss of his uh, five-year-old boy to a heart disease. And he doesn't. He has some great, great daughters and a great wife. But when you see the way he approaches these, uh, these kids at the Elite 11, it's really something that we're not, certainly not here to promote ESPN College or anything but... We we do recommend it. <laughs> it's very it's very it's very it's not really it's very inspirational, and um, I'd like to I'd like to talk about the Elite Eleven because it was presented in in a slightly different way, which I which I favored. As you can see, the time has gone by. The second segment. We're here on Bruce the Sports Talk, VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks to Ray Ellis, Jeff Spinard, our president. And we're happy to say that we're going to be coming your way another year. Our contract was extended, and we're thrilled to support the Voice America Network. We really think it's a wonderful network. It's growing. And uh, having said that, many of you, it's time for you to get your hostess Twinkie snack and other non-trademarked snacks. We'll be back in three minutes with more NFL preseason talk. to the pros we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports dr bruce grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of grossinger neuropain specialist serving the philadelphia and wilmington delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine pain management interventional spinal surgeries and occupational medicine dr bruce is the director of the national sports concussion program and works as a senior medical advisor for the national high school coaches association we're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries this involves education of athletes parents trainers coaches and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs) 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossiger, and I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard Grossiger. And as preseason winds down in the NFL, I'd like to put a bright light on the NFC East. And I'm going to go to you, Spencer, and I'm going to say, I would ask you, I'm also going to say, (laughs) what team is going to win the NFC East and what will their record be? And I want you to, let's just start off by predicting the four teams, what their records are going to be. I'll give you my predictions, and then let's explode the details about each team and the why about it. Well, you know what's interesting is there's two teams in this division that have gone through monumental changes over the past two years, Um, and there's two teams that we can at least know will post decent records, and then there's two teams that can either – and then there's one team – that could either do fantastic or flop. And then there's another team that is going for a huge transition. So we have two consistent teams. And I'm going to start out with the teams that don't that haven't changed very much over the last couple of years. And when I think about staying very steady, staying very similar, and not making drastic changes, I think right to the sports mecca. Um, I think right towards the Big Apple and the New York Giants. I, I look at Eli Manning, who's been there for a while now. I look at Knicks, who's still there, Victor Cruz. The at the shaping, the outline of the 2011 championship team, minus Ahmad Bradshaw and minus healthy, uh, you know, OCU Minora, the Giants have pretty much remained very to the script. Uh, over the, and then Brandon Myers is a new incomer. I the Giants I couldn't really see them flopping that badly but I also couldn't see them thriving and having a terrific regular season. If they're going to win this division, I could see them at possibly 10 or 11 games. I'm not going to say my prediction just yet, but I don't see them going 13 and 3 and just blowing everything out of the water. Um, I think that they're a 9-10 to 10 win football team at best and can easily be an 8-7 to 7 win football team as well. But I don't see them going ever below 7. I, I definitely think they get above 7. For the Dallas Cowboys, it's very similar. I think their defense is going to be much improved. you got DeMarcus Ware. Um, and you got Sean Lee, who just signed a big contract with Dallas. Their tackling in this preseason has been fantastic. I really like the Dallas Cowboys defense. The big question mark is DeMarco Murray. 
um, two years ago after he had a breakout year and many people were taking him in the first round of their fantasy draft, the Dallas Cowboys were predicted as one of the top three teams in the NFC and a clear-cut NFC East favorite. But with Dallas, they always seem to hover very close to the top of this division and um, can seldom break through, really, the cracks. And uh, Romo got a big contract. We'll still see if he's motivated or not. But um, one thing you could say about Romo is is that even though he has his ups and downs, he's definitely going to have his ups this year. So, um, you know what, Bruce? Um, I I could mention what I think about Washington and Philadelphia, um, but I definitely want to throw it back to you and see what you have to say about on on the Dallas and the Giants. And then if you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to talk a little bit about um, the Washington Redskins and Philadelphia Eagles. Well, firstly, I'd like to um, echo your sentiments about the Giants uh, and the Cowboys. They really haven't changed much. My concern for the Giants is John Pierre Paul. He is that. What's his first name? Jason. Jason Pierre Paul. If his name was Jean Pierre Paul, his name is Jacques Cousteau Pierre Paul, and he hails from Paris, France. But actually, not Jason Pierre Paul. He um, he's injured. And he's one of the most important parts of the defense. Last year, he had an off year. It was not his best year. Yuminor isn't there. So you've got an aging defensive line. When I think of the Giants during their championship year, their line was their strength. Linebackers were okay. Secondary, average to below average. So I see an aging defense for the Giants. I see Eli Manning being steady. And I see, you know, the offense, as you say, there's, there's some weapons there, Victor Cruz. But um, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the Giants as being an 8-8 eight and eight team. I'm looking at the Cowboys again. <clears throat> Romo always puts up big numbers in, in the regular season. Always a good, solid fantasy pick. And I still see Jerry Jones somehow. Always seems, I don't know, it seems like that team always is a bit dysfunctional. And they always seem to joke at the wrong time, i.e. the playoffs. So I'm really I'm picking both those teams to be eight and eight. And then we come to the two teams that I think are mercurial. That is, they could be really good or really bad. And and I agree. Reds, kids, and eagles. So let me throw it back to you for your breakdown of the Redskins. Well, you have the Washington Redskins, and of course you look at um they're a real. They have a real chance at being a terrific NFL team. You saw the outline for how good they were last year. They were up fourteen to nothing on Seattle in the playoff game. They easily could have earned a trip to Atlanta last year. Um, it's a play in the divisional round and be in the final eight of the NFL. You look at Shanahan, who's done a really nice job, especially developing Robert Griffin, and he is the huge question mark because he is a running quarterback. And uh, last year, we all saw that whole debacle as Sean, as uh, I think his name is Andrews, who's the Dr. Andrews, that's what I'll call him. He was examining RG3 on the sidelines. You had Shanahan and RG3, even this offseason, bat heads a little bit because RG3 is a competitor and wants to play, but Shanahan um, regrets might regret leaving RG3 in the game too long. Um, I still think Kirk Cousins can ride the ship. I still love Alfred Morris at running back. Um, their wide receiver core is a little bit is a little bit weak, but overall the Redskins defense 
and their and their offense I think is solid enough. I don't think that they're going to go below the poverty line, and I do expect them to be right in the thick of it. I'm going to give my my records in a second, but with Mercurial, your line you used to describe um, the next two teams. The one team that we have left is the Philadelphia Eagles. I just don't think their ceiling is that high, and to to expect Chip Kelly to lead this team um, past eight wins, if he gets to nine and seven, that would be a heck of a first year. I know he's going to have an advantage because NFL defenses haven't seen um, his offense, but on the other hand, we talked about the defensive struggles. We talked about how inexperienced they are on that side of the football, and he's still dealing with personnel and they have a lot of wide receiver depth issues on that team. So I look at Chip Kelly, and I don't think he's going to do that poorly, though. I still think Chip Kelly is a fabulous football mind, and we'll see really how long Michael Vick can stay healthy. If he can play at least 12 games this year, I look at the Eagles to actually be an 8-8 eight and eight football team this year. Well, I tend to agree with you. I'm picking them to be 8-8 eight and eight. here in Philadelphia. A lot of people, including sports writers, are picking them to be 6-10. and 10. Defense has been terrible. They, left, they let up a 63-yard run in each of the preseason games. They've let up big runs. They're young, secondary. Their safeties, Nate Allen, Brandon Boykin, who's a quarterback, cornerback. They tend to have bad angles, so runners tend to blow through the line. And then the linebackers are not particularly adept at making tackles in the secondary, and the safeties don't really take good angles. So I, I see that the propensity to let up big runs big in big chunks, I think, is going to be their Achilles heel. The special teams of the Eagles is much better. Last year with Bobby April, it was a disaster. So many, um, when, you, when you kick the ball off, if you didn't kick it to the end zone, it it seems like they would always bring it back to to their own 40. And uh, looking at the offense, I think it's going to be extremely exciting, a lot of different formations. But there's so many changes that I think it's going to take a couple years for these teams, for a pro team to really gel. So, um, And I think Chip Kelly is a really great mind, but I think personnel is average to below average overall. So I'm, I'm picking the win between six and eight games. We have to now like list the four teams in order. It's hard to exactly get the records correct. We could do that. Um, this NFC East is by far the hardest division to pick, unlike the AFC West. Um, you have three teams at the top that can really... I could see them making deep playoff runs. Um, out, of, out of everybody in the NFC East, do you see any teams that have the ability to get to the NFC Championship game in this division? I would say no. Um, barring extreme health by RG3. If he's extremely healthy, which I think is unlikely, the Redskins is the only, are the only team that I see has an upside to going to the championship. I'm looking more at Seattle. I'm looking at San Francisco. I'm looking at Atlanta. They're the three teams I'm looking at who have teams already in place. The Seattle defense in the preseason has been beastly. They've been turned loose. Nobody's telling him that these games don't count. And I believe Atlanta's gotten better every year. And with Matty Ice at the helm, and also I, I really like San Francisco, Kaepernick, and uh, 
coaching staff, I, I think those three teams are, are really on a different tier than everybody else, and that's my thought. This, this segment has really gone by, and it's all about NFL football. And stay tuned for the next segment, the final segment, of Bruce the Sports Doc and Spencer the Wizard. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit BruceTheSportsDoc.com. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth and final edition of Bruce's Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with my sidekick, color analyst extraordinaire, Spencer the Wizard. It's time now we start going into other parts of the league, but before we do so, before we leave the NFC East, it's time for predictions. Let's hear records, and let's hear a division winner, and will there be a wild card coming out of the NFC East? Well, I wanted to first go back to that last question. Out of out of each of these four teams, which team has a chance of making it to the NFC Championship? And I agree with a ton of your points. The West has really risen. Um, you looked at a couple of years ago the landscape. You had um, 
You had Alex Smith, who was a struggling, uh, who didn't have an identity as a quarterback. Even at Troy Smith starting a couple games out of Ohio State for the for the Niners, and then in Seattle you had really the Tavares Jackson era. And when Matt Hasselback left the uh, Seahawks, you kind of had a dark time in Seattle. But but Pete Carroll has come in, and the C and the twelfth man has risen again to. Uh, to a form and that that hawk's nest which is seattle washington right now is really going to be a mecca for a ton of great games this year you have russell the dynamic wilson at quarterback and colin kaepernick so both of those teams have tremendous upside i can see them competing for crowns even having huge rivalries for the next five years with both of those quarterbacks coaches ownership the whole nine yards but in the nfc east i i definitely so the one team that i think can actually make a splash and it's funny because this team might even finish dead last in the division i look at the only team with playoff experience the only the best team at a one and done format which is the nfl it's just like a team that does well in the ncaa tournament it's a team that knows how to grind out wins and knows how to win playoff games more than anybody, and that is the New York Football Giants. During the regular season, they're going to have their ups and downs. They might barely leak into the playoffs, but let me tell you, if they win their last two games heading into the playoffs or at least play on a high level heading into the playoffs, watch out because this team could see the finish line from Divisional Weekend. They have ran the table twice in the last four years. You can't dismiss Eli Manning. Even though they're quiet in training camp and they don't have a ton of buzz surrounding their camp, I still think that if you put a team, if you put the Giants in the playoffs, no one would want to draw that. The Giants beat an undefeated, they dismantled one of the best teams in the past decade, the 15 and 1. Green Bay Packers and then the 18-1 New England Patriots in 07. So Coughlin, Eli, the Maras, they know how to win playoff football games. So that is so I think the Giants I'm not saying they're going to do it, but if they're in the playoffs, they have the best chance to represent this division. I look at the Dallas Cowboys, they're such a consistent pick every year. I think DeMarco Murray has a chance to bounce back. It is so tough right now. I'm actually going between the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to put them both in. I think a team wins a wild card and a team wins a division out of those two. I think Washington really squeaked out a lot of wins last year. I see them coming just short. And then Philly having a strong year. So So I don't think any teams are really going to struggle that much in the NFC East. I see a very competitive division throughout the year. Well, I'm picking the uh, Washington Redskins. I'll go with uh, 11 and five record. I'm picking um, actually 11 and five. That's that's too much. I'm, I'll go with I'll go with 10 and six. And my concern about the Giants, firstly, one thing favoring your prediction is that after an off year, they tend to bounce back and play better. Although you haven't really noticed, but the last four years. The Giants have, have missed the playoffs three out of the last four years. Obviously, the one year was the magical play, uh, championship year, so it tends to overshadow the other years. But 
I see I see the Giants as as aging defense. I see them. I just don't see them um, when you know getting a playoff spot. And I I see the wild card going out to the West, as I discussed. Let's let's flip over to the AFC. Uh, I think the team to beat in the AFC is the Denver Broncos, with Peyton Manning, Wesley Welker, a very uh, ferocious defense. And I think that last year the Broncos really went. They really were the, the, the big bounce-back team. And I believe the team's learning how to win. And they were one uh, amazing Flacco pass away from possibly getting to the big game. So I'm, I'm really – I'm looking at Baltimore, obviously, as being on the top tier. But I just think last year was a special year with Ed Reed and um, Ray Lewis. You know, it was their year. They were the team of destiny. I do believe in that. And I don't see them, you know, winning again. Yeah, I still look at there's four teams that I think can make the Super Bowl. Um, I see New England with Tom Brady. You can't forget about them. Um, Amendola, Stephon Ridley improving. Bill Belichick, that team has been in the AFC Championship. Um, in the last two seasons, they've been in the Final Four. So I love their potential. Houston Texans, um, you look at Foster and Matt Schaub. And their, and their team that they have down in Houston, they have all the pieces there. So they are definitely going to be successful. I see them winning the South for sure. That's a pretty easy division um, to pick. It's probably one of the easiest division with the Colts being just a contender for a wild card, not to upend the Houston Texans. And then, uh, of course, you mentioned the Denver Broncos who are playing in a weak division with an unproven Kansas City Chief team. Um, Oakland and San Diego shouldn't be much frets for Denver. I see them rolling into the playoffs, and I see them at least making the divisional round. I, I think that Denver's one of the safest picks. Um, the AFC is really wide open. So you have three teams, but I'm going to add four because I think that Cincinnati's defense is superior. Um, they have an incredible defensive unit up there, and A.J. Green, a talented. They have a couple talented players on offense, even though their offense is not good enough. Um, their offense definitely needs to work things out to become elite, but I'm definitely going to go Denver and Houston and then New England, a close third um, in the AFC. And then thinking about the, the NFC, it's just so competitive. You, you made me come up with uh, a different hypothesis. I do see the wild card. Go I do see San Francisco getting in the playoffs, but I wanted to ask you about an interesting team. I, I think Atlanta has a terrific chance of making the bowl with Matt Ryan at quarterback and being very close last year. I wanted to ask you about a, ver a team that is very mercurial, as you would say, a team that has flip-flop potential. And one of the most intriguing stories of the year, I think, is down um, in the French Quarter in Louisiana, the New Orleans Saints. So what do you think about them? You think that they're – because it's very competitive wild card out in the NFC. Well, Sean Payton will be back at the helm as a head coach. They really missed him last year. I think he's really the heart and soul of the team, him and Drew Brees, of course. I see them having a bounce-back year. I see them making the playoffs and probably via a wild card. Um, and they really got decimated by 
the scandal that they had with the uh, bounty, the bounty scandal. But I'm bullish on the Saints. It's really hard to beat them in the Superdome. Uh, having attended games there, and been, I've, I've been to most stadiums throughout the league. Superdome is the loudest. It is so loud that it almost hurts your ears when they cheer. Spencer, I don't think you've had that experience. Yeah, I wouldn't it's it. not fun. It's not fun. I would say we, if we go down, we'll have to wear earplugs. But um, I think it's a bounce back year. The Saints really took it on the chin. I think they want to prove something to, to the NFL, prove something to the league. And I think they're going to sneak up on people because in the preseason, you haven't heard a lot of buzz about the Saints. They've kind of been like the Giants, a little bit under the radar. But I, that's my prediction. Pretty bullish on the Saints. How about yourself? So you're pretty in favor of them. I think their offense is going to be terrific. I think, you know, it's usually the same case with the Saints in that regard. I don't think their defense is going to light people up this year. Um, unfortunately, I, for New Orleans, I have them out of the playoffs because, I, I you know, I just look at the North. There's, it's The NFC is just completely loaded. I mean, there are so many teams that can make the bowl. I mean, we haven't even talked about MVP number 12. Um, the California kid, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers. And then you have the Chicago Bears. Talk about uh, both of those teams. Do you, do, you, do you like them? I mean, Chicago does have a coaching change, so I think that that definitely sticks them back. But I love, I love the Green Bay Packers, though. I think it's true. You know, we're, we're going through. We started off the NFC East, but. It's, it's you, impossible not to, not to think about the expansion. You can't. You, know? you can't. Neglect talking about Aaron Rodgers, who I think is overall at this point at the pinnacle, at the prime of his career. Certainly watching the playoff game last year between, and we watched it right here in this in the studio, actually, on this TV that we have, and it was actually when we first got this TV. So I can't forget we were watching it in 3D, which was very exciting. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers was throwing passes that we were watching, and we, we our, our jaw was dropping at the precision throughout the whole game of Aaron Rodgers. What what a joy to watch that game. And this was um, was actually the last game of the year. It was not even a playoff game. The the playoff game was really a yawner. Um, the the uh, the Packers destroyed the Vikings in that game. But that in the in web, I call it the web ball, or I say the web list ball. So uh, I think when you have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you have a chance. I think the defense is going to be fairly mediocre, not great. Getting a little bit old, getting a little banged up. So I, I'm not picking greatness for the Packers, but I think they'll be right there. I'm going with um, nine and seven, uh, ten and six for them. Yeah, I, I could see them at eleven and five for sure. Um, uh, you know, the Bears are exactly like the Dallas Cowboys. Just so much potential on that roster, and they just don't. They don't seem that put it together. You know, you have the New York Giants, Chicago Bears. You have the Packers sometimes. You just have so many teams that have that capability of knowing how to win late. And then, of course, you have the young Bucks out west in the NFC. So we're just setting you a, per, a picture for the NFL season. Of course, we're going to have more ammunition. And it's it's hard for your predictions um, to really hold up for the ringer, which is the NFL season. And um, e each year, I mean, right now, um, you're always the most excited on the first day of spring break. And I kind of compare it to where we are now. You're like, 
two days away from spring break and you know that you have a full long week of spring break and that's kind of like where I am with NFL football I know that I have a full long year of fall and it's one of the few things in life that you can really fall back on and where you really are not very stressed watching football that I can proudly say I love the game and uh, here at Bruce the Sports Doc we love to promote NFL football all the time we have Ray Ellis who uh who's played football his whole life. Football is such a part of him. He's built bonds um, with so many different players in the league from Ohio State to the Philadelphia Eagles, and the game just brings out the best in people. So it's awesome to be a fan, Um, and we just had a great time this week um, coming back and uh, doing the show again. So next week we have a little bit of college football we got to get into, um, a lot of non-conference games, and uh, but I just hope you had a great time today on Bruce the Sports Doc. So f- thank you for I'm Spencer, and uh, and I'm the Doc. And uh, let's wrap it up. Remember, play it hard, but play it safe. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.